without you. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different band, different artists, and we listen to all of their records and uh, we rank them worst to best, give our biggest banger if we have one uh, from each of the records, and we try to have a good time while doing it. Uh, but before we but before we do that, we uh, get into our six degrees of Tom DeLong. That's where we connect the band of the week to our boy Tom DeLong. Uh, and while you're listening, go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, Spotify especially. Give us five stars, five stars only, please, and thank you. All the social media is at Asinine Radio. We have a Discord server. If you want to join that, let us know. We'll send you the link. And we have a phone number. You can call us. Text us. The phone number is 503-893-5307. And if you did not already know, my name is Tyler. And way out there, hundreds of miles away, is Jeff. Now, let's get right into our six degrees of Tom DeLonge, if you did it. You say, you say go or nothing? Go. You're just gonna just, well, you did, okay, I did not do it, no. I did not either. I was negligent. Okay. And it's been a busy week. So... Let's move on busy, to the album busy, rankings busy. then. Okay. So, like I said, we're gonna do uh, we're gonna not gonna rank all of his records because there's 45 fucking records. So we decided mm-hmm. to just really stick with the records from the 70s plus his first record. So or Neil Young, we're doing Neil Young, obviously. So we're gonna do his records from the 70s, uh, not really the collaborative records like with Stephen Stills because that shit was stupid. Um, but we're also gonna throw in a live record and a comp. I don't know why we're we're doing the comp, but that's fine. So it's all in all, fully a comp. It really is, though. Uh, it's, there's it's only not two really new songs, is. but okay. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Oh, so we're we're ranking twelve records. Uh, so let's start with number twelve, Jeff. We'll, we'll try to get through these quick because there are so many. So we're not gonna. This isn't gonna be a two-hour long episode. So what do you got for number twelve? Go. Uh, the comp hitchhiker. This <laughs> was. <Stupid>. <laughs> It, it's only this low because there's only like there's only two new songs. Everything else we've heard, or it's just a different version of the song we've heard. And there's nothing wrong with the two songs. I think they're good, um, but those two songs aren't better than my two favorite songs from my second least best Neil Young album. I don't think any of these are bad, but my my least best is this one, and my second least best just has two songs that are better than these two songs. Okay. That's why it's here. Okay. So no mm-hmm. banger out of those two. <laughs> I still no. I don't know. Right, because my, uh, there's there's songs that were dubbed differently, that were mixed differently. Yeah, but they're still the same song. No, it's still a comp. No, it's still a comp. No, they're not the same song. That's like saying the fucking the the first version of No, it isn't. It's the same as as the as the studio version or the one it is the or, same song. No, it's not. There's a fucking bunch of different changes. They added a whole extra like verse at the end of after the fast they part. Did. What are yeah, you even talking did. about? It's not the same fucking song. It's, it's still the different. same song. Get out of here. It's and, still and, the same and song. The, oh, and and the version where it's Tom a compilation and, and, of demos. And Angels and Airways for for the adventure when he breathing cause <laughs> when he's hyperventilating. That's not the same song. It's Please not, get out of here. Get out of here. Same song. 
Things are mixed differently. Things are dubbed differently. Please, come Who on. Who cares? It's come a on. compilation of demos. Come it's not on. like all these songs are from one record. They're not. Come on. Anyway, my number 12 is also Hitchhiker because it's not an album. It's a comp of essentially demos and outtakes. Plus, you love doing comps. That's all the fucking time you're in comps and EPs. I do, and but this is... Good God. We're also doing 12 records. 11 other records here, you know? So, Why do like 17, but... Yeah, I know. You're fucking crazy, but not really. Only for listening to trans. Um... But uh, yeah, I, I do like the song Hawaii. That that is a really good, just straight up solid acoustic song. It's one of the the new songs on the rec on this compilation. But yeah, Hitchhiker, it's it's fine. It's good. I, I had no issues listening to it. It was good, but it doesn't belong on the list. So, what do you got for number eleven? Go. Oh my god, dad. Uh, Neil Young's Neil Young, his first album, nineteen sixty eight, his debut, his first solo. After leaving Buffalo Springfield, it's 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 not a bad album. It's not a bad record. I've had this. This is the third time I've had this. I keep buying it and then getting rid of it because they hold they hold pretty good value. And and if you yeah. find them cheap enough, you can sell them for essentially the same price you bought it. I think the first couple tracks here are just absolute bangers. My biggest banger is the nine minute closer, obviously because that's a fucking fantastic song. But mm-hmm. there's definitely some like lingering influence from Buffalo Springfield on this one, and it's also a little disjointed. It doesn't flow as well as other stuff. It's not bad. It's just not. It's just bottom tier Neil Young of the seventies. That's it. Or sixty nine. Yeah. Well, we doesn't belong here to the seventies, but the sixties. That's fine though. Yep. 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 All right. So my number eleven is also Neil Young's Neil Young. So yeah, this is. Uh, I think I'm. I think I'm just gonna purge this one. Purge this oh. one. I don't have a reason ever to go back to it. 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 The melodies aren't as strong. The songs are really aren't that strong. Um just just nothing i mean it's good it is a really good record but god damn if i'm gonna listen to neil young i'm gonna listen to everything else from the 70s it's so much better so much better so there's no reason to have this one that that last the the last trip to tulsa is the last song god that that song is so fucking good yeah yeah. so so god damn good i read too with this record um the original mix was on on like it was done cs it was done with the csg mix which is like I guess it's meant for records that can be played on both a mono stereo and a stereo stereo. And uh, and then he hated the mix so much, he said it sounded like shit. So he completely redid, remixed the record to play only on stereo. But I guess like they, they were released. These mixes were released. But I guess they degrade a lot faster as well than a normal, just normal cut. But I thought that was really interesting. I had no idea. But, hmm. you know. Neat stuff. Neat to learn things. It's neat to learn things. Just for learning things. The cover arts on some pressings have his name at the top saying Neil Young and some don't. And I can't Mm. remember which one it was. But one of them is worth uh, like a lot more money than the other one. Really? Shit. I wonder if I have that. No, I don't. Yeah. I bought mine from a store, so they would have priced it accordingly. Yeah. All right. So what do you got for number 10? Uh, number 10, American Stars and Bars. American Stars and Bars. Um, do you want me to throw trans in here or no? You can, you could do an honorable mention. Okay. Well, I'm not there yet, but American Stars and Bars, 1977. I, I, I regard this just as a better comes a time. It, it mm-hmm. has the country stuffs on it, but it doesn't take it too far. I think this is a more like Neil Young based album, more rock influence than just doing like a straightforward country album. But uh, I don't know. I think in doing so, this album comes off of the, uh, like a little disjointed also. A bunch of stuff just thrown in there to cover all his bases. 
doesn't always like equal like a good cohesive album. It's still great. Mm-hmm. I like the song "Like a Hurricane." It's a long <laughs> one that kind of just like does one. all the tricks we love about Neil Young. <laughs> yes, but it just it, it does feel a little a little choppy at times on this album. But this is not a personal one that. for me. I'm gonna keep this one. It's fucking great. I love it. So everything else you're gonna keep, even trans. Wow. Uh yeah, <laughs> I, I, I haven't honorable mentioned trans yet. God, you're crazy, man. You're fucking crazy. <sighs> All right, my number 10 is Harvest, his fourth record from 1972. Crazy. This this is is just unwarranted. I don't understand it. I, wait, my my ranking? Yeah, your hatred for this album, I just don't, I don't get. You really like this one, though? I like it better than than the other one. I guess just we've mentioned the same ones, but I like it better than American (laughs) Stars and Bars, yeah. Really? I, I think it's, it's too country, it's too folky, and it's not. I don't. I just don't think the songs are as good. I don't think his voice is as good as on this record. He he experiments a little bit more, um, obviously with the country music. But then he brings in like an orchestra for some parts of this. Uh, I just, uh, I, I think it's underwhelming, and I, people love it. I just it gets like a A plus rating. People fucking love this one. I just don't. I don't get it. I mean, there's so much better Neil Young than off this record. This one is almost purgeable too. Ooh. It's almost purgeable. I I think I would probably eventually purge it. I have no reason ever to go back to this one. Wow, I really don't. Okay. And okay, yeah. I, I do you think I want? Is it mainly because of the the band or the guys he had doing this record, or is it? Do you right, think it was just finish like your all thought. Really young? F- finish your thought because I want to get into it. Okay. Well. Okay. So, Harvest is my number ten. Banger is Old Man. It's one of the few songs. Oh, yeah. That's less country and orchestra has really nice, strong crooning verse. It's it's so good. Okay, it's good. Okay, okay. <laughs> You're an idiot. And also the last song, "Between the Lines of Age" or "Words Between the Lines of Age." It's a bit longer and it has some good jamming in it, which is really cool. So words yeah. are yeah, words are like bullets. Um, you good? So annoying. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, uh, my my number nine, my number nine is Harvest. Thank God. I, I don't. Okay. So, so this is, this is like, if not his most successful album. And there's a lot of really good stuff here. Old man did killer song. That's a yeah. lot of cool stuff to that song. I can see why people sometimes like toss it to the side because there's so much fucking production going on in this. It's almost maddening sometimes. Like, like mm-hmm. if you just took Jack Nietzsche, Nietzsche out of here. Mm-hmm. Because he's the one that really did all the or, or, orchestral arrangements. If you took him out of this album, then it would be a really solid album because the songs, for the most part, are there. There's there's good good songs here, but like, why the fuck do we need a London Symphony Orchestra? I Come know. on, <laughs> stupid! It's fucking stupid. It's dumb. And then, so I I, I have this. I like the Stray Gators a lot. I really do. I have a yeah. live album by them called Tuscaloosa. We also both of us have an album called uh, Time Fades Away. That was Stray Gators, and then like the, I don't have the, time fades away. You don't have time fades away? No, I don't have. I that thought one. I bought it. I bought it for you. No, I don't have it. Is it still here? It might, yeah, it might still be at your house, but I don't have. I it. fucking no. no, I've bought that for you. Maybe I've asked and you said no, I didn't want it because I hate Harvest and I'm fucking a butt <laughs> munch, you bunch of butts. So, so it, the, the Stray Gators were just kind of this like thrown together group, and and their story is a fun one. I don't know if you write about their story or whatever, but. Like I like I them did. as a band. I, I think his live album Tuscaloosa shows just how scrappy and fun they can be. They aren't crazy horse. 
and I think that's a good thing. They're not tight. They weren't playing together for a bunch of a bunch of years. They're not like writing music to supplement Neil Young, but then also being their own band and having Neil. Yeah, they were they were just like a bunch of musicians that just kind of wanted to fuck around, and they're kind of sloppy. Like Tuscaloosa is, is fantastic. It's an amazing album. It's fun, but it has like this overarching sense of sadness and gloom. Like the mm-hmm. show was recorded earlier than the Time Fades Away show, and it, it just it boasts this nine minute song of this this song called "Don't Be Denied," which is like my fucking new favorite Neil Young song. It's amazing, but <laughs> there's a lot of really good stuff on Harvest. I just think it's ruined by the production, and yeah. Neil Young doesn't need help. He just doesn't need help. Dude, he, he makes amazing, beautiful music with just his voice and the acoustic guitar. Like just, he he, he it's, doesn't it's need a band, but when he, he does, does need a band, but when he does have a band, it's equally as good. It's remarkable. And it, it, I I I hate it because if you only listen to this and you think, oh, the Stray Gators, they played in Harvest, like, oh fuck. It's like, yeah, it's not that great. And and this guy Jack Nietzsche, who played with Stray Gators, who played with the the Flying. What was it? The flying, uh, flying marsupials, the flying Hawaiians, or Santa Monica Flyers? Yeah, is that what it was? Yeah, the yeah. Santa Monica Flyers. Yeah, Stray Gators, and then also, fuck man, Crazy Horse. So he's been there for like everything. He he's played with everybody, but yeah, I think he just, I think he's, get, I think he's like John Feldminging Neil Young at this point, just getting his little fucking fingers in there and, and tweaking stuff that just don't need to be tweaked. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, I'm with you. Would you purge it? I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't because after listening to, I mean, like if I really, really needed the room, yeah, I'd purchase. Okay, good. But, but I really, really like the Stray Gators. I, I like them as a band. I don't think they're, they're as, as, as tight as Crazy Horse. I, I don't think, I don't think they're as like uh, melodic as Crazy Horse. I think they're just, they're wild, dude. They're wild. They're a wild, they're a wild group. And I, I, I like that. I, I like that. They're just, I don't want to call them bad because they're good musicians, Mm-hmm. But they just haven't played together as long. Well, I mean, the, the the story behind it is that he was in in Tennessee or in Nashville or whatever, and he just done a TV Johnny Cash's TV show, and he wanted to record music, and there were no musicians because it was a Saturday night, and they were all playing bar gigs, so they had to like get a bunch of random people that just happened to not be playing the show that night, and then they found one guy, I think the bassist, they found him just on the street, walking yeah. down the street. <laughs> it's like what the fuck, and then they got together, and I think. That session, they recorded three or four songs. Yeah. Yep. So that's and the, yeah, that's music is not inherently complex. It's it's very based and like even his soloing is just very, very minor pentatonic. That's all he fucking plays. Yeah. But my God, it's just like he's such a fucking underrated soloist. It's amazing. But I, I, I you should really, really check out Tuscaloosa. If, if anything, sad. Tuscaloosa and Time Fades Away. Time Fades Away is a little bit more raucous than Tuscaloosa. But Tuscaloosa yeah. is is very much uh, even dude, even like the 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 story of Tuscaloosa. It's in Alabama, and the soundboard guy just didn't turn on the fucking soundboard to record the show in the beginning. So like the first mm-hmm. like two or three songs just are 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 non-existent. They don't exist because he forgot to turn it on, and then he turned it off too early apparently. So like the last part of the show wasn't recorded. It's it's just, I don't know. It's just very <laughs> thrown together. Nice. It's very sloppy. It's very Neil Young. Yeah. Alive. Yeah. Killer album. Too. I'm, I'm always Fucking down to cool listen to 70s Neil Young, man. I like the Stray Gators. I think it's way cooler than Crazy or Crazy. God, Stray Gators. Like the word Gators is so dope. I love it. It's so <laughs> it's so, <rad. laughs> it's so uh, southern, so hickish almost. Yeah, 
Not hickish. That's not the right word, but hickish. Fuck him. Who cares? <laughs> I'll live there. <laughs> all right. Uh, yes. My uh, is that all you got for harvest? Mm-hmm. All right. That's my uh, number nine is comes a time. His record from 1978. This one is very stripped down. He kind of throws it back more to the harvest era, kind of more of like a country country rock kind of thing. There's a like a lot of violin on this. Um, a lot of lap steel, which is lap steel can be fine, but it could be overused really easily too it's a solid record i i really like this record i'm gonna keep my copy of this record but um i just it doesn't quite after listening to all those records consecutively it doesn't quite do it for me like you have to be in a special mood to listen to comes comes a time um what i there's just a real quick story on this one when this record was pressed they pressed two hundred thousand copies of it but it was it was made from a damaged copy of that the original of that pressing or whatever. So Neil Young went out and bought all two hundred thousand copies of them, and then remixed the entire record with like another another master tape or something like that. And he ended up, he claims he used all of those records to build a new uh, put new shingles on his roof or has shingles God, on his he's roof. So fucking cool. <laughs> I know it's. And he's always it, kind if of it's been a like true a... story, it's fucking cool as hell. Yeah, there, there's two things he's always been. One is cryptic, and the other is is like an audiophile of his own music and yeah. music in general, I guess. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, his, his, he has a whole like music service where it only you can only listen to like the highest quality music or versions of songs. It's pretty cool. I mean, it's. I mean, if he had done this in the '90s, I mean, I feel like he could have made a shit ton of money. Oh yeah. But nowadays, you know, he I think he made this company like six or seven years ago. It's. It's way too late now, but whatever. Um, my my banger on here is Human Highway. Just a great acoustic song that's super folky as well. It, it's a good one. The one song I, I can't really get behind is Motorcycle Mama. Oof. It's like pop country, man. It's it's that kind of duet he does with Nicolette Larson, who does a lot of backup vocals on his records, but she has lead on this one as well. And it's it's a little it's really writing that pop country line and I can't really get behind it. Okay, okay. But it comes the time, my number nine. So what do you got for number eight? This 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 starts my unpurgeables. I'm just I'm never gonna get rid of these. I love all of these. Okay. Uh, but mine is mine is comes the time. And we're uh, pretty similar right now on our rankings. We, so like we had just done bright eyes on the pod and and it really seems like Connor just had to have been inspired by this this specific album. There's so much. There's so much here that 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 he did on on that. Uh, I'm wide awake. It's morning. Mm-hmm. There's there's strong melodies, folk delivery with strong country influence. Some of these melodies are just like top fucking notch Neil Young's best stuffs, but they get a little bit lost sometimes with the production because there's a, again there's a lot of these fucking orchestral arrangements. Don't know why we're doing mm-hmm. this again, but then it's also <laughs> it, 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 if you don't like the country sound, then it's like this is just not for you because it's so aggressively there. It's not nuanced. It's not layered. It's it's there. Yeah. And I think Nicolette Larson never heard of her before, but I think she does a great job. It's very like Emmy Lou Harris sounding, and that's yeah. just me not knowing my way around this country backing vocal thing. Um, but I don't know. It is impressive, like how country he can sound when he really wants to be, because it's like it's, it's pretty fucking amazing. This is better pop country than I would arguably say, like all of pop country posts like nineteen ninety five. So I don't know. 
Human Highway. It's my favorite. Dude, insane melody. It's a great song, right? Insane melody. That was so yeah. catchy. And like I was singing as like he was I mean I've had this album for a minute, but like I was singing as he was playing it too. And then after the album was over, I was like, oh God, that was a good fucking melody, man. <laughs> good stuff. I know. It, good, it's, good a, stuff. it's a great song. Great, great fucking song. All right. So that is your banger. Um I'm number eight. That's your number eight. My number eight is Homegrown. So this record was recorded in 1974 and 1975, meant to be released uh, back then, but he decided to to shelf it, to shelve it, and uh, didn't come out until 2020. And um, this is a fucking killer record. Homegrown is, it's really fucking good. Um, it's a slower record, not a lot of like blues rock or blues really at all. It's, it's just, it's a it's a sad sounding record. It's melancholy. It's this is, I mean, he was really connecting his vocals with the lyrics, with the guitar playing. Like everything was so intertwined and so just perfect. Like you could hear the sadness through his playing and his, his singing. It was, uh, it's a really sad record. <laughs> it really, really is. Um, my, uh, my favorite song, my banger is, uh, the title track homegrown. Cause he sounds so goofy and stupid, Hon- like just it's just so honky tonk the way he sings homegrown <laughs> or sings that chorus. I, I just I think it's fucking funny and I love it. Um, the song Florida, super fucking weird. It's just the 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 dialogue where he's talking about like I think he's getting talking about getting abducted by aliens and shit. Yeah, it's fucking super bizarre. fucking weird. Comes out of nowhere too. Yeah, and it plays this like a weird ass annoying sound, like just randomly throughout that that track. It's it's really bizarre this is a really bizarre record but um kind of the, the the reason why he he scrapped or not scrapped it but shelved it for so long was because he wrote this record about the breakup he had with his his girl at the time carrie snodgrass it's an ugly name um and he thought that the material was too personal so he decided not to put it out and instead put out what do you put out tonight's the night i believe tonight's the night uh, which is also very, like a very personal record and it's just crazy it took him so long to release this one. But Homegrown, great fucking record. Um, yeah, so that's all I got for my number eight. What do you got for number seven? Okay, number seven. Here, Here's like the biggest one that that I just don't get. And I like it a lot, but that's On the Beach, 1974. Mm-hmm. I really like this album. I think it's a great representation of the sad era of Neil Young mixed with like tight production and great songwriting. It's like the second part of the Ditch trilogy. Um, yeah. But but I just I don't think there's as much interesting things on here to keep my attention. Like especially on side A, minus one song. Side B is like completely where it's at for me. Perfect acoustic driven sad boy songs. Great stuffs. Neil Young doesn't even even like need to drop a ton of his high falsetto vocals or anything or crazy aggressive whiny vocals to drive these songs forward. It's very solid. I I don't know. This is this is an album that that like a lot of people really, really love. Like a lot of a lot of forums like this. This is like a top three for them. A lot of people really, really love this album. I, I just don't. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Hmm. Maybe I don't know, but I do okay. like it. I, I would never purchase. I think it's really, really enjoyable. The song for the turnstiles that was my favorite. It's a very stripped down, somber song with just Neil Young on the banjo guitar. Because he can play a banjo, he plays a banjo guitar. Because God forbid you fucking learn how to play the banjo, but that's fine. And and, <laughs> and some backup vocals a little bit. Just super catchy. Really fun. Really interesting to listen to. Yeah. Okay. It's a solid record, man. Solid record. Yeah, it's good. It's great. 
All right, my number seven is American Stars and Bars from 1977. This is, um, I, it's definitely not a comp, but it's a very, like you said, it's a very scattered record. There's a lot, a lot of different things going on here. It's not very cohesive. And it makes sense because they, this was recorded in four different sessions over like, I think it was almost two years or something like that. Yeah, it's a long fucking time. With, with a bunch of different musicians in each session. So, I mean, yeah, you get you go from, you know, the country rock kind of in the beginning to some more of the minimalist acoustic songs to some pretty great, like gritty guitar-driven songs. Um, I do like how this record varies, but I do understand like it doesn't have that it doesn't sound like an album. It sounds just like a collection of songs. Um, but I, I still like, I think the songs, every, every kind of genre that's, that's dabbled on, on this record. I think he did really well on this record. I, I think this is a solid output, even though it's not cohesive, but, um, my banger is like a hurricane. That guitar tone is oh. so fucking gritty and gross. Oh, it sounds so good. I, I love it. And some great solos too. Great, great solos. Nothing like flashy or anything like that, but it's uh, just great blue solos. Really, it's fantastic. But with that gritty ass tone, I love it. Love it. So American Stars and Bars is my number seven. So what do you got for number six? Uh, number six, Zuma. Zuma. This is seventy-five. This is uh, this is a solid album. This like Zuma, I think, should be in the middle of, of like a good Neil Young rankings. It's just a solid, solid album. Every song sort of follows the same type of approach: slower jams with like a couple of chords going on, a lot of Neil Young noodling. It's dark, it's slow, it's fun mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, the biggest takeaway is Cortez the Killer. That that's that's from this album. This is epic slow jam that builds just so fucking nicely. It ends abruptly because. I guess apparently there's some power surge or I don't know, supposedly a power surge that like cut the, the, the recording thing off. And, and when, when they told Neil Young about it, he was like, eh, whatever, I don't care. And it's just like never bothered to re-record anything after that, if that's which, true. Which is weird because he seems so particular about his recording. Sound right? Yeah. Yeah. It know. does seem a little, a little suspicious. Again, very, very based in like mysticism, this guy. So mm-hmm. if that's true, that's fucking boss. But I really like Zuma. I like the cover art a lot. This is the black and oh, white yeah. one flying over like the desert. God, it's just so fucking dope. It's a really this cool is, cover. This is a solid album. I really, really like this album. Um, but I think it fits perfectly in the middle. I don't think I, this would ever go higher or lower for me. I think this is a solid middle. That's fair. It's very, very fair. All right. So my number six is also Zuma. Um, 1975, you know, this is the first album he, he did with the return of crazy horses band. Um, this is what well, is after tonight's the night, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's after on the beach too, if I'm not mistaken. Right. This Where was, this uh, fucking album sit. this was, yeah, this was after yeah, on the yeah. beach. This was before you say comes in time. This is before comes in time. This is before, Stars but after tonight's the night. Yeah. Okay. No, this is, um, zoom is a really good record. I don't have a banger off of this one. Nothing really stood out to me um, or it stands out to me very much, but this is probably one of the records that I've gone back to the least outside of Harvest and, and the fir- his first record. But I do love the cover art, but for whatever reason, I'm always, I always think, oh, I'd rather listen to Tonight's the Night or On the Beach or Gold Rush or whatever, you know? I don't come back to this that often. Like, I want to spend more time with it. Um, but yeah, Zuma, all, all around, it's, it's a solid record. And, and I agree with you. This belongs right in the middle. There's really there's nothing bad about this at all, nothing to complain about on this one. I just need more time with it. But 
Anyway, what do you got for number five? Everybody knows this is nowhere. Is uh, second. I think this is. I think this is like kind of like his first real album. This is the first one like with Crazy Horses backing band. His his actual personal guitar playing style shows itself here way more than his original or his first album. And like I don't know, this record is very much more melancholy and country sounding. So this is a very Neil Young sounding album rather than like his first album. But but mm-hmm. Cinnamon Girl opens this one up. Fucking love that song. God, that is just like a fucking beyond <laughs> banger of a song. It's it's unbelievable how amazing that song is. And I don't know. It's so like my, my favorite song on this one is 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 uh Running Dry. This one had that that violin part. And it was just so mm-hmm. fucking weird and eerie and jammy. And after listening to it, I was like, you know, this may be like my favorite violin-driven song like of all time. Hmm. And I don't, I don't know like a lot of them. I don't know like a lot of like violin-driven songs, but I really, really enjoyed it. The way he played that violin like sounded like a fucking theremin sometimes. It was just so bizarre. It was so weird. It was so unconventional. And the mm-hmm. guy playing it was named Bobby Notkoff. Never heard of him. But he played on a few random albums in the early 70s. That's about it. But god damn, dude. This was good. This was a good, good song. All right. I can't believe you ranked it that low. I'm really surprised. Well, that's because you got some other stuff that's just <laughs> unfucking touchable. Okay. All right. My, um, my number five is uh, Tonight's the Night from 1975, the first of the Ditch Trilogy. Uh, this one is, it's a very sad record. It was written and recorded a few months after a close friend of his from Crazy Horse, the guitar player Danny Witten, and also his roadie Bruce Berry overdosed on heroin or speedballs, I think, right? Maybe not. I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. They overdosed um, and he kind of wrote this song for them and just how he felt about their deaths and everything. And it, it, I mean, you could hear it. It's so it's super fucking sad. It, this, the album's a slower one, especially compared to everything prior um it's a little bit more harmonica driven in some areas than most of his other stuff it's just a sad sad record and uh it makes sense but my uh i i got two bangers i got two bangers do it tonight's in the night the title track because it's so fun to sing it's so silly and i just i love to sing it he's so whiny in it he's so fucking whiny in it um the other one is um come on baby the live track or no, come on, yeah, come on, baby, let's go downtown. The live track that Danny Witten sang sang lead on, um, pulled it from a concert from nineteen seventy from nineteen seventy, and uh, this is just really good. <laughs> it's it's just a really good come blues on, rock baby, rock driven song, and it's such so. a nice uh, a nice way to break up the record because just Neil Young was just so. I mean, you could just hear it in his voice how sad he was, and to hear this upbeat song was just so was such a nice change. So. Yeah, those are my two bangers. Tonight's the night. Great record. Um, that's all I got for number five. So what do you got for number four? Homegrown. Homegrown. Okay. Yeah. This was, uh, like you said, this wasn't released till much, uh, a couple decades after it was it was written. Not a big deal. Um, but this one's, this was more upbeat than Tonight's the Night. It's, it's just good, hearty, Neil Young. Nothing we haven't heard, but nothing that wouldn't be considered like filler. And it's just mm-hmm. like on the on, on first of all, like, I, I think it's crazy to think how how long this went, kind of unheard. I mean, some of these songs appeared in various forms throughout the years, and on various yeah. albums or comps. But it's just, it, and this wasn't like the only thing he shelved for this many years. 
It, but this is fucking great. This is so goddamn good. This is amazing. This is a this is a counterpart to tonight's tonight. And I love thinking that. I love thinking that those two go hand in hand and you listen to them back to back. And it's like, wow, man, he's it's kind of the same guy here at the same time going through the same thing. But these are wildly mm-hmm. different albums. Yeah. And everything you hear on tonight's tonight is here on Homegrown, just in like a major key instead of just doing all minor stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I love true. it. I love the title track. I love I love Love is a Rose. And I really love Kansas. That's 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 a fucking banger, dude. A great acoustic jam that has him almost like almost just not playing. It's so <laughs> soft and delicate, but keeps a tone of his sadness from this era. Mm-hmm. Like he just kind of like barely strumming along. And I love like on his real on, on the best Neil Young acoustic tracks, there's a lot of silence. There's a lot of dead air. Oh, but the guy it's is so not af- he is not afraid to do nothing. And uh, and the dead air it just adds so much more to the song too. It's just it it's such a it's such a, a f- I don't want to say vibe because I fucking hate that word, but it really is. It's it's he knows how to. S- I don't know. He knows how to make you feel something. That's for sure. Got feels, baby. Got feels. No, oh, he's great, man. All right, so that was your number four, correct? Yeah. All right, my number four is On the Beach from 1974. Here we go. Um, this is the one. So this record, he he actually recorded before Tonight's the Night, but then actually released it after that record. Um, it's 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 a kind of a rough sounding record, you know, from a production standpoint. Um, on top of that, the songs are pretty varied. There's some more rock based songs, some folk and blues rock stuff. But all in all, it's very kind of melancholy sounding. It's it's very sad sounding. It's just amazing how he can he can put all these different kind of genres into his music, but still make it sound so sad and so heart wrenching. You know, it, the guy is just one of a kind. He he really is. And you know, then you go and get into a song like Turnstiles, completely stripped down banjo song. It's like where the fuck does this come from? <laughs> um, it's just, it, this, this album is so varied and I love it. That's one of the reasons why I love this record. And like I said, tonally production wise, I think it, I just love the raw sound of it. Um, some fun, some fun little thing that I read about this record. Uh, apparently when they were recording this record, Neil Young and some of the people that he was working with and, and the band, they consumed a lot of what, what he called uh, honey slides and apparently that's it's they, he describes it or they describe it as a goop of sauteed marijuana and honey that they said felt like heroin. And it just made me so curious. Like, what the fuck? Like, is that real? <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever heard of anything like that? That's it's just so bizarre to saute marijuana. I, it's so weird. But yeah, apparently that that's what they were Cooking drugs, baby. They were using 70s. a lot of that using a lot of that for the making of this record. My banger is the title track on the beach. It's a long song. It kind of tre- actually treasures along really well, has a ton of feel. Uh, he sings a little bit in a little bit lower of a register than, than, than before, which is really interesting. Like the guy has some fucking range and it's awesome. Um, some great guitar playing. The bass cuts through the mix. Super nice on this one. And I also get a lot of black Sabbath vibes on this one, like, like slower Sabbath, not like the, the heavier stuff, but just the slow Sabbath. That's what I hear on this song. I, I think this song, this record, is fucking awesome. Also, the cover, the craziest, stupid, stupidest cover that I think he's ever put out outside of trans. 
it's just it makes no sense and it's just ridiculous and i i love just how bright all the colors are on this record and yet the music is so dark I, fucking, I just it's I, I don't know I, I don't know if i love it hate it i just i have no idea I, I i love it and then naming the album on the beach you expect something happy and uplifting but it's not at all i just i love that so yeah my number four on the beach so what do you got for number three right near the beach boy number three <laughs> um well this may come as a surprise but that is after the gold rush album of the week number three god you're stupid Oh, okay. Well, that's not uh, entirely <laughs> accurate, but uh, yeah. I will say, like, like uh, my mm-hmm. top three are just absolutely untouchable. They're just... Mm-hmm. They're really I mean, good. Because I don't want to give away my rankings too early or my final five I mean, too early, but... Um, I know what your number one albums. is. I know what your number one is. Do you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised by one of... I'm surprised by your number two, though. But yeah, I definitely know where your number one is. But oh, anyway, so my, my number three is Rust Never Sleeps. Live record, recorded in 1978, but released in 79. Uh, half of the, the first half of the record, for a, the A side, solo acoustic. B side is with the full band with Crazy Horse. And it, damn, dude, when, when it drops, when you drop into that side B, it's so nice. It's just so lovely. It's just, it's so welcoming. And because you're just so sad and just by everything you hear on on the A side and it's so heartfelt on that A side, but then you get into this like rock, this ruckus of just loud music on side B. I, I think this is a great live record. It's a truly, truly great live record. Um, I know you have a lot. You all have a lot to say about this one, so I'll move on. Okay. So what do you got for number two? Rust never sleeps. Really? Yeah. I thought this was gonna be your number one. Holy shit! Uh, I know. Well, so I will say that that the. Uh, Live Rust, that is my favorite Neil Young album that like out of all everything he's done. All of it, everything. Um mm-hmm. but this is Rust Never Sleep, so it's not entirely live. Okay, don't keep saying well, it's a okay, live album, it's, it's not pretty, entirely live. Yeah, I know they did over or, they had overdubs and they okay. tried to get all the they tried to get all the, the applause out of it and all, but still. Come on. So here it's we live. go. Live Rust, that's my my favorite. Um we're not counting that one. This album is a is a is a weird hybrid. I, I don't know how I feel about that or whatever. But it, it takes the, the studio dubs or studio versions of songs and whatever. But this is great. There's a lot of there's a lot of heat being brought here. Some of his heaviest songs from the '70s, because I have not ventured into the '80s and his '90s stuff that people say are the actual precursor to grunge. I've not listened to those ones yet. But this is the heaviest I've ever heard Neil Young be. Is mm-hmm. on this album, it's 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 right here. There's some soft stuffs here, and there's some great jams. He even throws his version of like this fast-paced punk song on Sedan Delivery. Oh yeah, and, that's really good. And although it was written like years prior on, on an unreleased album called Chrome Dreams, that was just it's still never been released to this day. Just completely unreleased, a bunch Which of songs. It's so weird because he has a he has an album I think in the early 2000s called Chrome Dreams too. Yeah, <laughs> it's like what the yep. fuck? Why do you, why do you do yeah. that? It's so stupid. Just because he just he fucking doesn't give a shit. He just does what he wants. I love it. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, but but like what really, what really gets me about this one, and then over after the Gold Rush, which we'll talk about it in after the Gold Rush. There are no songs on this album that I don't. I'm not. I'm not not eager to hear, and and I've listened to both of them equally as much, 
And these ones just stick with me harder. These ones stick with me more. These ones, these ones, just, I, I, I carry these tunes better. Mm-hmm. But after the Gold Rush has a lot of better tunes. But there's there's a couple songs after the Gold Rush, eh, I could do without. Rust Never Sleeps, not one fucking song. This is this is a perfect album through and through. The Hey Hey fade into black, blue opening, closing things. Man, that's my that, that's my favorite stuff. That is my favorite stuff. I love Sugar Mountain, fantastic <laughs> song. But that is my favorite stuff here. There, there's this like great interpretation of, of how Neil Young was feeling at the time, his growing like irrelevance in the world, coupled with like the the growing state of music that he didn't feel he could keep up with, or maybe mm-hmm. even like felt he just didn't he shouldn't be a part of because he's just getting older. I mean, that fucking old. I know, right? So it's just <laughs> it's just this fucking like epic songs that are oh my god, and they, they're that punk song, right? Like this is. This is 1979. Like punk is already a thing. Punk is happening, and he throws it out. And it was it was recorded like well like years before that. So we're talking like probably 1975, 1976. Mm-hmm. He's throwing out kind of like aggressive, fast punk songs, like before like Black Flag got really big in like the punk in the punk scene. Yeah, or even the Big Three, you know. And that's pretty fucking rad, man. That's pretty impressive. And all the while he's sitting back thinking like, damn, should I? Do I even like deserve to be here? That kind of like, again, either just complete Long Kong bullshit or he's just been humble throughout his entire life. I don't know. I don't uh, know which one it is. The humble one, I... But his uh, music reflects that, though. He continuously uh, talks so, about yeah, it. That's the I only so. reason why I give like credence to that argument is because he continuously talks about it. Even after the gold match, he's like fucking early 20s still That's talking crazy. about it. It's just like, what is happening? How are you this... I don't even want to say enlightened because he's not like enlightened, but like, how are you this, I don't know, this down to earth. It's <laughs> fucking know, bizarre, true. man. It's just so fucking weird. I love, I love Rust Never Sleeps. I love Live Rust. Live Rust, I think is, is the best thing he's ever done. I think that is so goddamn good. I should have listened to that this week. I get fucking chills. Did you not listen to it this week? I didn't listen to Live Rust, no. You so I wanted bitch. to listen to that and Young Shakespeare, but I just, I didn't have time to do it. Oh. It's a lot, man. It was a lot, a lot to do. This it week. was. I listened to like seventeen <laughs> albums. This I week. know. It was a lot. Oh shit! All right. So your number two is "Rest Never Sleeps." My number yeah. two is "Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere." Second record, nineteen sixty-nine. Um, this is uh, this is the first album we did with Crazy Horse. This is just a great lead. I agree with you. This is kind of like his proper debut record. Um this is a great lead up into after the gold rush. It has all of his really good high pitch, strong melodies. Uh, the music is just fucking spot on. It's, I think one of his catchiest songs he ever written has ever written is on this record. And that's cinnamon girl. I agree with you. That song is, it reminds me a little bit of sugar mountain and just how catchy it is. Um, but yeah, dude, cinnamon girl is a banger um, down by the river is another one. It's essentially a nine minute jam uh, with a huge, big chorus it's uh it's a fucking killer song killer record i really honestly i i always go back to gold rush and this record and then it's always like oh i'll listen to more neil young i'll throw on zoom or i'll throw on tonight's the night or something you know but i usually it's usually one of these two one of these two records that i always throw on first because it's just there's just something about his goddamn voice that i'm just fascinated with truly truly fascinated with so and and one little story I I read that I if it's true I thought that was pretty interesting but he wrote three of the songs 
yeah, three of the songs, Cinnamon Girl, Cowgirl in the Sand, and Down by the River. He apparently wrote these songs while he was in bed with a fever of 103 degrees. So I don't know if that's true or not, but if it is... Yeah, it's fucking miserable too. <laughs> no, I've never. I don't think I've ever died higher than one hundred three. I've had a. I've had one hundred three, and it was. Oh my god, it was terrible. Did you get like brain damage at like one hundred five or one? Yeah, like one hundred five is like you should be. You need to be hospitalized. Like you need so to be hospitalized. High. Yeah. God, it's miserable. Um, but yeah. So no, my number two is everybody. Everybody knows this is nowhere, and obviously my number one's after the gold rush. So, what's your number one? Tonight's a night. Nice. I can't nice. believe this is so uh, high. Uh, so yeah, when when we've um, so like we're pretty new to the Neil Young game here, and Very when I first new. got this, this is the one that like we were both kind of searching for in the wild for a long time, and uh, I don't know, I, I I I told myself if I see this, I'm gonna buy it because I really want to hear it, and I was saving myself for marriage and for this album, <laughs> and I said you know but if I see it, no matter what the fucking price is, I'm gonna buy it. I got it fairly cheap, I think. I can't remember. I think I bought it from friend of the pot, David, actually. Oh. For usually, like him and I sell each, to each other for like 50 or 60 percent uh, what it's worth. So I got it a lot cheaper than, than I should have got it for, I guess, whatever. Um, but this album is like rough. This album is rough in like the best way possible. Rough studio albums that are both charming and emotional are just fucking next to impossible to come by. Obviously, like what comes to mind first is Pinkerton, and, and mm-hmm. that, is, that is something that I think is, is, is rough. Been in a more polished way than this is, just because oh, yeah, of the times. Totally. Uh, but Neil Young throws throws this album down. That's just fucking full of emotion, both musically, lyrically. He's setting the stage for his his operatic sadness. It's it's fucking amazing. It's so goddamn quiet in so many places. Like I said, there's a lot of dead air in this album. It's unsettling. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Why is he not talking? And then like listening to on vinyl, is my record skipping? Is something happening? There's enough dead <laughs> air to where I'm questioning why it's so quiet for so long. Every song on here is crafted to tell a story of sadness and like the overall gradual decline of society. Like you mentioned earlier, the live version of Come On Baby, Let's Go Downtown with the recently mm-hmm. deceased Danny, Danny Witten is this extremely bittersweet tune. It's the fucking banger of a song. And you throw it into this mix here this overall crazy sad album and it gives this song like an incredible new meaning it's an it's a very emotional last goodbye to a close friend that neil young felt very very bad about it's a great song and he sings lead vocals not neil young danny witten so it's like mm-hmm. okay does he feel bad is this like a sad song or is this like like a good a good hearty goodbye to a lost friend and i mean we don't really know because neil young never he's one of those artists that never talk about his lyrics yeah. too much and god damn i love that and and i have not man like I, we, I feel like i say this all the time but when we do albums of the week sometimes like if you get really overly emotional about them it just it, it elevates it and tonight's his night for uh, this week for some reason just really really elevated my emotional attachment to this and and i just i i don't know i, th- I thought this was great i thought this was amazing i thought this was perfect i thought this is uh studio wise is the best thing he's ever done this is just it's, it's 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 better than good. It, it's, it's it should be in like fantastic. the fucking like the Hall of Fame for just the top albums. I don't know, man. It was so good. <laughs> it's so fucking. Good. It's a great record. Totally great record. And I make I'm like I I like to sing the tonight's and the tonight's the night. Uh, 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 
because it's so stupid, <laughs> but it is. That song builds really, really well. It's a fucking banger, dude. Oh, this guy, he's unreal. He's fucking unreal. Yeah, this this album I thought was his, his best. All right. All right, all right, all right. So you have anything else on this or any of these records? No. Before we jump into uh, Gold Rush? That's, that's it. That's all. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Go to Spotify. All right, all right. Give us five stars. You know the rest. Keep listening to all your friends. And that's it. That's all. Do you win?